Welcome to another episode of Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They're the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. Welcome into the show. Happy Thursday. We used to call these Thirsty Thursdays. We sure did. Now we have some NFL games going on on Thursday. I'm old enough to remember when college football used to dominate the Thursday market. I'll be honest with you. I never knew it did. Yep. Never, never knew college football to dominate Thursday night. I feel like West Virginia used to always play on Thursday nights. Back in the Pat White days, always on on Thursday. It was like really? the ACC, the Big East. Like they would have those middle teams. Not they weren't putting like their powerhouses out there, but they would always play on Thursday night, and it was phenomenal. And then the NFL, I think, saw it and was like, "Hey, that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> yeah. What if we put a game on a Thursday night?" And uh, the Chiefs Chargers game tonight, I think, is possibly two of the best teams in all of the National Football League. One hundred percent. Which is very exciting. We are obviously Chiefs fans. I still don't like Thursday night football. It's, it's interesting, and it, it does kind of stink, too, when you look at this and go, you know, this game would be electric to watch on a Sunday night or Monday night, but now we get it on a Thursday night after they're coming off, you know, a game three days prior to the first week of the NFL season. And mm-hmm. now it's like, well, you're already kind of dealing with some, you know, tacky injuries on both sides, you know, for both of these teams here, and it's just like, it would be nice if they would have got a full week to rest here, you know, an extra day if they would have played on a Monday night. I don't mind Thursday night football, but at the same time, it's just like we're sitting here and preach player safety, and I know you and I have talked about it several times on the show. But with all that aside, if you're the NFL, you are absolutely ecstatic that this is the first Thursday night game of the season where I feel like we've spent the last two years going Thursday night football games absolutely stink, and they're not fun to watch. Yeah, well, this is a calculated move by the NFL for these first two Thursday night games with Bills Rams, mm-hmm. and now you have Chargers Chiefs. I don't know what week three is. I'm going to go ahead and guess it's a shit game. Wouldn't be surprised actually. Like, I, I mean, I if you're Amazon Prime too, like or Prime Video, what what are they called? Are they Prime? Is it just Prime? We talked about is it. it if you're Prime? if you're old, do you call it Amazon still? You're happy that this is the first game you get. Now at the same time, don't mess it up. You know, like. <laughs> Have some fun with it. And if you're Amazon, you have boo loads of money. So it should be just an absolutely stellar production. And I think that's honestly what I'm kind of the most excited to see, too, is all the stars that they've you know acquired through building this network. And now you're going to have the game on. It's like, how well do they do? Al Michaels and Herb Street tonight, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. And a whole host of other football players that they have. I, I, Tony Gonzalez is on there. Richard Sherman. three-man roster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I do like a lot of the people. I, I like Tony Gonzalez on there. I like is Kay Adams with, with CBS or whatever. Is Kay Adams with Prime? Is she? There was so much turnover in moves yeah. that I, I don't remember. It was a crazy offseason <laughs> for the NFL and broadcast members. Like It was uh-huh. nuts. But Amazon just added so many people. By the way, your week three matchup on Thursday Night Football, Steelers at Browns. Which might sound a little exciting. I don't think it is. <laughs> you got Mitch Trubisky versus Jacoby Brissett. Woo! I know it's a little bit of a rivalry. I don't <laughs> think that's going to be a good football game. But I do think tonight's game is going to be um, exciting. Uh, it's a little bit weird for us because we do our podcast live on the call-in app. Mm-hmm. So we have some people that are probably listening on Thursday night. We have some people that are probably listening on Friday morning. I think the big storyline of this that is kind of timeless, though, is the Justin Herbert versus Patrick Mahomes stuff. And I think this is turning into a rivalry, if it's not already. I I think a big game tonight can kind of turn this into a rivalry. And the weird thing about both of these guys is that there's really not much to hate about either one of them. Mm -hmm. Even me, I'm not a Justin Herbert guy. I'm sure as hell not a Chargers guy. But I kind of find myself rooting for him. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, even last week when they were playing, it was like some of the throws that Herbert was making, you're just like, my God, like that is so impressive. And I'm glad it's happening against, I believe it was the Raiders instead of, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs right now. Is that who the Chargers played last week? Was it the, yep, Raiders? the Raiders? Yeah. And it's just like, okay, it's nice that he's making the throws against them and not the Chiefs. And it's like, well, he's actually probably getting ready to do it tonight, too. 
I do think this is going to be a very close game. And when we look at we look at Herbert and we look at Mahomes, people are just automatically going to say Mahomes because he's achieved more. But I I think it's hard to look at Herbert and go like, yeah, this is you know not that far of a separation as what we used to think it would be. And Some even damn with Herbert, good quarterbacks in the AFC. Oh, it's insane. Dude, I think there's a there's four of them that are they're each kind of their own little rivalries with one another. I think the biggest one is Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. But then to also throw in, you know, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are right there is kind of a, a rivalry. But within that, Herbert and Mahomes are a little bit of a rivalry. Yeah. Burrow and Mahomes. Being a little in the AFC bit. West. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we'll see what happens too this year with the AFC. I wouldn't be surprised even if, you know, Josh Allen and Joe Burrow get matched up against the, each other, he, yep. especially if it's in the playoffs. That could turn into a little bit of a rivalry, and maybe it is the fact that we're sitting here in Chiefs gear tonight. I still think Mahomes is kind of the the top notch of that, and kind of the, the tier to himself. And not to come off as like super biased, I think the reason that we say that is because we've seen Mahomes have those big moments to win ball games. We've just not seen that from Herbert yet. Like we've seen him make crazy throws, we've seen him have good games, put up a ton of yards, score touchdowns, but it's like we haven't seen Herbert just take over a football game and just win it late. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that's always been the Chargers, too. It's even going back to when they had Phillip Rivers. Like, yeah, he's going to have this great regular season, but the ones you get past there, it's like there's just something else that gets in the way. And I feel like right now that's the same thing with Herbert until he beats that. So, again, yeah. that's a, that's a right-now statement. He could very well just go off and be the reason the Chargers win this football game tonight, and we come back next Sunday and go, what a performance by Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. And um, as far as score predictions go, for tonight, how are you feeling? The Chiefs are a four-point favorite mm-hmm. in this one, but let's at least give a score prediction. So I'm taking the under, mainly because I'm absolutely terrified of this Chargers defense. I think they are just going to wreak havoc on getting to Patrick Mahomes, you know, creating tons of pressure. Derwin James is healthy. I'm taking under 54? I got it at 54. Oh, 54? I thought you said the spread of four. Oh, okay, yeah. So I'm taking the Chargers to cover here. Maybe I should rephrase that. Yeah. So the over being 54, I'm going to take that – I'm taking a score 28 to 25, Chiefs. Chiefs by three. Is that over or under 54? Mm hmm. <laughs> it's right on it, isn't it? No, that's. It's 53. <laughs> that's under, yeah. Dude, math, man, I'm telling you. Can I ask one thing? Hmm. How do you calculate the Chargers scoring 25 points? Are we going to have some safeties in there? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a safety. A one-point return. Like three touchdowns and two safeties? Like, what are you going with here? <laughs> That's what I got to know. Twenty. What the fuck am I doing here? 26. You said 25. Yeah. I don't Excuse know. Excuse me, 26 to 28. Did I say 25? I'm pretty sure you said 25 to 28. 26 to 28. Excuse me. <laughs> okay, so 26. Uh, a lot of field goals. Mm-hmm. That's gonna, Now you're... You're right at 54. Yeah. Vegas is good at what they do. I can't, did I really say 25? I believe for the last last show, you also predicted something would be 25 points in a football game. you got to love it. It's, <laughs> it's just, just like, it's whatever. I, crazier yeah. things have happened. You have a lot of if people that are going 20, for 25, now. That's totally what I meant. <laughs> well, we scratched out the last 25 seconds. 28, 25, exactly, and you're about, I told you so. <laughs> but I'm just curious how, because the last time you said it, it's like, yeah, 25, it could happen. But now you're going at it again. It's like that show with Will Smith where he keeps seeing the number all day, and then he just shows up, and he's like, ah, 54, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's you guy. with number 25. Somebody asks you what a score is going to be, and you're like, ah, 25. Why in the world am I doing that? I don't know. Excuse me. (laughs) You threw me off, though, because you did 25 again. I don't even remember what I was thinking for the score. I'm going to go 31-27 Chiefs. I do think the over hits. I I think that both defenses on these these teams, though, played really well last week, and I think that their their defenses kind of aren't getting the attention. I don't know if it's deserved necessarily because both offenses are so good mm-hmm. but they are obviously very complete football teams they can't score a lot of points but i i want to see that chargers pass pass rush they were damn good last they week they were and it you know the the chiefs defense also played really good against a cardinals team that's supposed to be they played fast like they were just mm-hmm. everywhere which was nice and they even got after kyler murray I think mm-hmm. there were like three separate Chiefs players that had over five pressures throughout the game, and they sacked him three times. 
with Jerry yeah. Sneed back in the, you know what I mean? He had a snack. Frank Clark was back there a lot. Uh, George Karloftis, I wonder if this is, you know, the night that he gets his first sack. That's going to be fun to see if that happens. And the other thing, too, with the Arrowhead is that they're rolling with these red end zones. They look absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. I freaking love it. Yeah, I know a lot of people do. I like the the throwback paint. I think, I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I didn't put it on Instagram. I was going to put it on my story. Uh, but I, I was going to make a comment about how it's it's kind of bullshit that you have a stadium that's 50 years old. Like, come on, let's do better. Get a new <laughs> one. <laughs> like, it's awesome. Throwback to 50 years yeah. ago. Let's not do that again. Like, we don't need a 75-year anniversary of Arrowhead. Like, no, it's, it's, please, God, no. <laughs> you can call Arrowhead, but, like, it needs to be a new one. Like, Yankee Stadium. New Na- Yankee Stadium. Like, new Arrowhead. Yeah. New Bush Stadium, or what are we, like Bush Stadium 4. Why can't they do that shit in Kansas City? Arrowhead 2. I would be fine if they built Arrowhead right next to, like a new Arrowhead right next to the old Arrowhead, and you just put a bigger separation between Kaufman and Arrowhead. And then if the Royals do go downtown, then boom, you just have a massive parking lot all on one side of the stadium instead of surrounding it. Yeah. Uh, Let's go through some of these Sunday games and just give our uh, quick picks, maybe not even necessarily against the spread. Uh, Jets versus Browns. I'm taking the Browns in this one. Really surprised they even won week one. I still think the Jets are bad, and their quarterback, who knows? I I don't even think Flacco finishes this game. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm taking the Browns as well. Commanders at Lions. Lions, the the Hard Knocks team, a lot of people rooting for them. I thought they played pretty well. I'm actually going to take the Lions in this one. Are you really? I got a feeling. Perfect, because I am as well. But I will say, Carson Wentz had a couple nice throws last week. Until I know, I, I know, Detroit. I talked on it a little <laughs> bit. It was just like that one throw that he had to Terry McLaurin, though, and to Han Dotson or uh, Dotson. Pretty nice. Carson Wentz back. We'll see. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I'm right. going with the Lions here. Bucks at Saints. I'm taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this one. I'm actually going to take the Saints on this one. That one's a little tricky. The whole the Tom Brady thing. It's That's weird. just Tom Brady against the Saints in the regular season. It's just a recipe for disaster. It is weird, especially yeah, early in the season as well. Panthers at Giants. This is crazy. Taking the Giants. Really? I keep, I feel like I need to stop saying really when you make really? a decision there. Really? That's, really? That's honestly what you want to do. Um, I'm actually going to go with Carolina. I think they're upset with the, the way they played in the end of the game last week, so this is a little mm-hmm. redemption, but... I think it's going to be much closer than what a lot of us are going for. I picked all the games last week, and I picked so many road dogs that it was like, what are you doing? Like The the home Mm. field advantage is definitely real. So I feel like this week I'm overcorrecting. I think the Panthers will win, but I'm still going to pick the Giants because I picked too many road teams last week. (laughs) If New York wins and they start the season off 2-0, that's going to be annoying to deal with New York media for a week. You just have to give... Brian Dable raise <laughs> immediately. <laughs> like, hey, we really didn't think this would happen. And you're looking so, at Saquon like you better stay healthy the rest of it. I would love like this is the Christian McCaffrey Saquon Barkley game. Yeah. So that's your noon kickoff. That should be pretty exciting, at least to watch those guys. And hopefully they stay healthy. Uh, next game, Patriots at Steelers. I'm going with the Steelers just based off how bad the Patriots looked. And I know uh, Mac Jones missed some practice this week as well. Uh, I think the Patriots. They're looking rough, and I think that they probably have a new offensive coordinator by the end of the season. They, they've got a lot that they need to fix, and I don't think you're going to get that done against the Mike Tomlin team. And I don't understand why the Patriots are favored in this ball game. On the road, you looked absolutely atrocious last week. They're favored by two. I'm taking Pittsburgh to absolutely win this game. I don't understand why. Sounds like your boy needs to drive over to Casey's in Galena, Kansas, and place a wager because they will to. definitely cover that. Because I was going to come. I was going to go to Galena. Whoa. Easy. I'm going to come. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go to Kansas before we came on the show, but I just ended up getting around to it. So I think to, as soon as I'm done, I might run over there and place a bet and come back. <laughs> you have until Sunday. You know that, right? Well, I'm betting the over for the Chiefs game. A little uh-huh. pregame parlay. Okay. Jaguar, or sorry, Colts at Jaguars. I'm taking the Colts in this one. I think I might take the Jaguars. Just because Jacksonville always gets Indianapolis at the start of the season, and it's in Jacksonville. I think there's a stat out there where Indianapolis has not beaten Jacksonville in Jacksonville in like the last five years. I think you might be right. So I'm rolling with Jacksonville. Okay. Quick question about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Do you believe in their starting quarterback? 
Trevor Lawrence. Yes, for now. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that it's with him, it's almost even a little bit unfair with Justin Fields as well, is that they have one season in the NFL with a coach and then replacing him. Mm-hmm. I mean, with guys like Justin Herbert, you, you get to see that happen a little bit. But I, I still believe in Trevor Lawrence, at least in his potential. I do think that he was maybe a little overhyped just based off like recruiting and what he did in college, mm-hmm. that he kind of came in maybe a little bit overrated. Just as a golden child right off the bat. Right, and they, we expected him to just succeed almost immediately. I, I do think that with Doug Peterson and some of those guys around him that they will start to figure it out. I think the offensive line was still pretty bad last week. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they do beat the Colts just at home, and it's the NFL. Yeah. Uh, you just you really you never know who's going to win it, one of these games. Uh, you almost never have a team go defeated, but sometimes you'll get these little upset wins. Uh, next one, the Dolphins at the Ravens. Dolphins coming off of their win against the Patriots. I am taking the Baltimore Ravens in this game. I, I think the Jets game was just kind of a tune-up, and now we'll start to mm-hmm. see what the Ravens can actually do. I'm on the exact same page with you. I do hope this is a good game. I hope we see two kind of continue to build off what he did last week, especially with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Hopefully that this is one of those games that kind of goes back and forth all the way down to the wire, and we look at it and go, all right, sweet, this is fun to watch with Tua in the offense here with Miami and Mike McDaniels as well. Yeah. You know what? I'm kind of getting Mike McDaniels fatigue already. I'm actually loving it. Are you? I'm I'm kind of over it already. And I feel like the reason that I love it is because, like, when we met him, like, we we got to meet him, humble brag, like, right after he got the job. And I feel I like he's not. I Sean McVay one time. You did. And when, we, when we met Mike McDaniel, he told he was just like, hey, great to meet you guys, but, like, I got to go pee. And I was like, he, we, he kept talking to us after he said that. And I was like, dude, like, go to the fucking bathroom. Like, why are you still standing here talking he's to us? Such You're a just going to piss on us. Yeah. But it was, like, one of those deals where it was like, it was kind of weird the way he went about it, and it was just like that. Get like that matches that Mike McDaniel. We've heard everything about. He's super he's nice. Just, I think Mike McDaniel is just Mike McDaniel mm-hmm. through and through. And so Friendly guy like to just come talk to a couple strangers. That was cool of him. Yeah. He seems like that guy who was probably super smart, didn't have a lot of friends, went to college, joined a frat, yeah, and then it was like, oh, I have a ton of friends. Yep. I'm super cool. And then maybe got a little bit of an ego. And with like, and or maybe not his, an ego, but confidence. He built his social status while being the nerd that was super smart and knew a lot about football. And people would just quiz him about stuff. And yeah. he would have the answers. And he'd be like, dude, you're so yeah. fucking Oh, cool. I've got a friend who can answer anything about football. Yeah. Mike, Mike, come here. 100%. And he's just coming over. <laughs> this is my guy, Mike. He's, he's a mind. pledge, but yeah. he knows everything. Tell yeah. him who won the 83 Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, my boy Mike. This is the play that they won on. Like, yep, yeah, that's definitely who he was. Super nice guy, though. That's just kind of the vibe I get from him. Uh, speaking of Sean McVay, I did pee next to him one time. Uh, Falcons at Rams. Rams got a rebound on this one, and it's the Falcons, and it's in L.A. This should be a no-brainer. Los Angeles Rams. If this is a close game and Atlanta is putting points on the Los Angeles defense, I would start to worry if I'm a Rams fan. But I am picking the Rams to win this game. I know we said we were going quick on the picks. The spread on this one is 10. The Rams should cover that. With ease. Like, it shouldn't be a question. They should. Uh, Seahawks. The 1-0 Seattle Seahawks. Ooh, look out. At the San Francisco 49ers. I think it was great that the Seahawks came out and beat the Broncos. Like, I found myself rooting for the Seahawks and against Russell Wilson. I enjoyed week one. The 49ers coming off of a loss, too. I'm taking the 49ers at home in this one. I think the 49ers are a lot better team than what they played last week. Uh-huh. Just in the rain, everything that they went through, new quarterback. I think that they'll fix a lot of that this week, and they'll get the win over the Seahawks. Well, I'm looking at the weather right now for the game, and it shows it's supposed to be 65 degrees and raining. So Trey Lance gets to start his first two weeks in the NFL as a starting quarterback in the rain. You better make it happen, my guy. Because if you lose terrible. this game, chance, like you're going to start hearing voices of Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Just put him in. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that but there have already been some chance of that. I Maybe want not from San the, Francisco to win this game, and I want Trey Lance to have a good game. For some reason, I, I just I find myself rooting for the guy. I don't have any justification for it. I just want to see him do good. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you, too. Uh, next one, Bengals at Cowboys. This is without Dak Prescott. Uh, this is just going to be a rough couple weeks for the Cowboys. I, yeah. Bengals all the way. 
in this one. And the Cowboys without Dak Prescott is going to be bad. And, like, and this isn't like Andy Dalton coming in. This is Cooper Rush. No offense. That's not good. No, it's not. Like, Cincinnati should win this game. I don't want to say with ease because winning a football game in the NFL is never easy. And I know I just said that three games ago about the Chargers, or excuse me, with the Rams and Falcons. But at the same time, like, Cincinnati, you lost a close one last week against a division rival in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Come here against Dallas, get a cheap one, and just roll into next week and start rolling. But if you're the Cowboys, God dang, I am starting to get annoyed with what's going on. Like, Ezekiel Elliott is also not looking good. And his carries per game are going down. He had 10 carries last week. You're telling me you're the stud running back for the Dallas Cowboys and you get 10 carries in week one? Even when Dak was in the game and healthy, it didn't look good. Yeah. Yep. Uh, It's going to be bad for the Cowboys. I will say, the positive note for the Cowboys, Micah Parsons might have three to four sacks against that Bengals (laughs) uh, offensive line. Especially the way they looked last week. If you believe in God and you're a Bengals fan, you better be praying pretty hard <laughs> to keep Michael Parsons away. Have you seen the clip of his spin move like uh, on field, like the actual mm-hmm. speed of it against Brady? It was insane. <laughs> By the time he took like the outside, the step towards the outside shoulder and then spun back inside and got to Brady, Tom Brady, you could tell like Tom Brady was like, what the fuck just happened? Like, I just got the snap. Like, is that DeMarcus Ware? How is he already is here? Dwight Freeney over there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, he's ridiculous. I love watching him play football. Uh, next one, Houston Texans at the Denver Broncos. It's got to be the Broncos, I would think. I'm picking them. I might I'm going to pick them. Sorry to interrupt you. I'm going to pick them to win. I think I'm rooting for the Texans. So I'm rooting for the Texans as well, and I am going to pick the Houston Texans because they didn't look awful last week, and Denver's defense didn't look great like I thought they would. They looked mm-hmm. so bad against that Seattle Seahawks offense. You know, and I will say hats off to Nathaniel Hackett to be like, yeah, I messed up. Like, I, I mm-hmm. got it wrong. There's so many coaches that will just double down and be like, oh, yeah, but we looked at the, the play sheet, and it says in this scenario. To just come out and be like, yeah, in hindsight, shouldn't have kicked a field goal. We lost. It was too far of a field goal. Uh, so I love that. Like, respect to him. Also, you messed up. Oh, that bad. was such a stupid decision. We talk about, like, Tony LaRusa getting, you know, advice from people in the clubhouse or, you know, <laughs> fans that are sitting near the dugout. I don't know what Nathaniel Hackett was thinking. Like, when, in that last little couple minutes of that game where the clock is just running down, yeah. and I'm thinking, why are you not calling a timeout? Dude, I believe they had two left. Yeah, they had all three timeouts left, and there was like a minute eleven on a minute eleven on the clock, and it was running. Mm-hmm. They run a little screen pass to Williams. He gets up there, leaves him at like a fourth and five or something. Then there's like fifty five seconds left. Yep. And then they just let they the clock let run. it down to twenty. And then you call the timeout. I was like, just call the timeout right then. Mm-hmm. Like, that's and what I then, just. Yeah, I thought like, okay, you finally got the the timeout call. Like, I guess that's good. Get your yeah. fourth down play call ready. Yep. And then they kicked a field goal. It was definitely a dumb move, and they shouldn't have done it, but uh, whatever. At least he admitted he was wrong. Um, Two more teams here that are pretty good but are winless so far. The Cardinals at the Raiders. I'm going to take the Raiders at home. I think that's a tough place to play. I think Derek Carr is going to play much better against that Cardinals defense. Mm -hmm. I'm taking the Raiders. I do not love what I saw from the Cardinals last week. Yeah, and I think Isaiah Simmons just – I know it's, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, but – God, he did not look good last week because of the defender. He just everything he did was like the Chiefs just targeted him and had good success. And if you're the Raiders, you're looking at that and Darren Waller saying like we're about to just you know recreate the same thing here. Let's have some fun. So I'm going to go with the Raiders as well. Yep. And let's do the Sunday night football game. We can talk about the Monday night games um, on Sunday evening for you guys. The Chicago Bears at the Green Bay Packers. There's no way Aaron Rodgers can lose to the Bears. No, not at home either. He owns the Bears. Now, this is another game rooting for the Bears because the chaos that would ensue if Aaron Rodgers loses to the Chicago Bears. After everything he's done this offseason, too, mm-hmm. talking about it. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like Aaron Rodgers has accepted every podcast or show interview known to man this offseason. And a lot of people have asked him about the Bears and like owning Chicago. And it's just like, yeah, I do. Yep. If you lose to Chicago in Lambeau, <laughs> buddy. That's going to be – the internet's going to explode. Let's go Justin Fields. And, like, <laughs> yeah. he might kill one of his receivers. Oh. It might not even be their fault, but, like, they, somebody will be sacrificed, and it will be I felt one of so those bad young for receivers. Christian Watson last week. I mean, that's, that's a walk-in touchdown, and you drop the ball. It's a good yeah. thing it didn't happen on the Chiefs because, you know what I mean, it would be even harder to swallow. 
<laughs> right? Wrote it on uh, post note and everything. And, you know, one thing, too, with the NFC, looking at these games, we knew the NFC was going to be bad, and, like, everybody was looking at the AFC of, like, honestly, the top five teams in the NFL are probably in the AFC. Yeah. There are no good teams in the NFC right now. Now, a lot of that is just, like, week one overreactions. But when you go down the list and you look at the teams in the NFC, Tampa Bay didn't look good against no. the Cowboys. The Cowboys, they're not good anymore. There, the, everyone was going for the Eagles because of what they saw on paper. The Lions almost came back and won that football game. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget So they that. didn't look good. But the only team that really, and I'm kind of, you know, I'm going to pat myself on the back here, is like Minnesota. Mm-hmm. They have every reason to be good this year. Just got to stay healthy. Yeah, because even like the Packers looks like crap. The yeah. Cardinals, the Rams, like almost every team in the NFC looked very bad except for the Minnesota Vikings. Yep. And I, I tweeted it out last week. I don't remember this week because it's still this week. Uh, I think they're the only team that does look good. Now a lot can change. They could, they could come out this week and just um, get absolutely destroyed uh, against the Eagles, and then maybe we'll say the Eagles are good. But it is kind of crazy. And the college football schedule this week, not really talking about any of their games, just looking through it, just the peek ahead at the Saturday slate of games, it's terrible. <laughs> and the SEC and the Big Ten, these like Power Five conferences, they got to fix their shit. This is embarrassing. <laughs> and I love App State. I love this, like, oh, game day is going to Boone, North Carolina after their big win. They're going to Boone, North Carolina because none of the other big name schools scheduled someone good. Yeah. Like, they're not going to Tuscaloosa to watch ULM uh, take on Alabama. It's just embarrassing what college football did to themselves this weekend. And as a big college football fan, I'm embarrassed. I have, like, secondhand embarrassment off of this schedule. Yeah, I'm sitting here looking at it, too. Like, even Ohio State plays Toledo. Arkansas plays Missouri State. Bobby Petrino coming back. That's actually going to be Hide your motorcycles. Hide your secretaries. <laughs> Bobby Petrino's back in town. There's a game day poster for you guys. It is. It's just it's rough. It's, it's embarrassing. And I saw earlier, I think it was yesterday maybe, that even the SEC is like, hey, Georgia, you scheduled a game against Oklahoma in 2023. We're going to go ahead and need you to cancel that. And then they almost immediately replaced it with just some bullshit small school. Like, stop doing this. Like, it's yeah. fun when you see you know, Marshall roll into Notre Dame and win, and then everybody's like, oh, you paid this school a hundred or you know, $1.5 million yeah. just to catch an L. It shouldn't be. We should be seeing, and hats off to, like, Ohio State scheduling Oregon early in the season. Yeah. And for, you know, Alabama and Texas, that should have been a little bit of a better one. But these Power 5 schools, especially the big top dogs, they got to stop scheduling these little – no name schools. Yep. It's fun when they get upset, but it's also it's kind of it's kind of bullshit. Does so, even get to do that? Like that Texas game last week. I'll just be honest. The tickets for that game four hundred dollars. Tickets this game for a Texas game in Texas for a night game against UTSA four dollars. <laughs> yeah. That's $396 cheaper than what I paid for my last fucking week. And I sweated my ass off. I sweated through my shorts. I, everything I had on, it was ridiculous. Absolute blast. Loved it. I've never sweated that much in my life from just standing somewhere. What color shorts somewhere. did you have on? Huh? What color of shorts Khaki shorts. Khaki Columbia-styled shorts that I got from Academy. Now, they are breathable shorts, so like they moisture-wicking, dry a little faster, but... It doesn't help when you go to sit down and you lean over and you put your forearms on your shorts and you sit back up and you've got sweat. I've golfed with you. I know. Oh, my God. There was no activity. I'm just standing there sweating my ass off. Mm-hmm. But back to college game day in these games, like even maybe Nebraska-Oklahoma would have been a good one to go to. <laughs> I, like I'm taking Nebraska. I think Oklahoma's favored by 11 to win that game. I think I would take Nebraska to cover. There's too it's, much It's fuel. a tough bet. Nebraska minus 11. Nebraska's just been so bad. Like, I find myself obviously wanting Nebraska to win this game. They're just so bad. <laughs> and I don't know that it's going to magically just get better when Scott Frost leaves. So I, I would probably oh, yeah. take Oklahoma to cover. Do we see that in college like we do the NFL where your coach gets fired and you come in like just rejuvenated the next week and win? I, I think sometimes. But I actually think in the NFL it's more of a deal where it's like, oh, okay, we did all hate him. 
Now we got a guy that comes in and he's hyped yeah. up. Like I think Coach O did it at LSU, where he kind of took over as the interim coach and was like, "Hey, this guy actually get us riled up. Yeah, he gets us going." I don't I don't know much about the guy that's taken over at Nebraska. I know that this is also some bullshit. He is the first African American coach in the history of Nebraska athletics. Yeah, not you're just telling first me you don't coach. have a track and field coach. Volleyball coach, no one, nothing. In like a, over a hundred years, yes. Obviously, a hundred years ago, things were a little bit different, but still embarrassing. Did you, you just ever have an African American corn around you? Shit, you just been husking corn that long, and you just never realized it. Now, also, maybe if you're black, you're like, nah, I'm good on being in Nebraska. Like that's probably <laughs> not my spot to be. But it is. It's just wild that it's still that you can have things like that even happen. It's, it's yeah. I just. At I first, it, I saw it, and I thought, like, oh, this is their first black head coach in football. Like, that, that's cool. Congratulations. But then, I like, really, it hit me. I read the bottom line of, this is the first black coach ever, head coach ever. For the Nebraska Corn Oscars. Yep. What have you been doing for over 100 yeah. years? I just think it goes, to, like, it's kind of one of those eye-opening deals where it's like, oh, man, I guess it wasn't that long ago where things were very right. much different than what they are now. Yeah, well, <laughs> kind of. Still a lot well, of shitty people. Out hopefully, there. the direction that we're heading in, where the awareness hopefully. is more. Uh, I'll tell you the direction I'm heading in is Roper Kia. Check out their inventory online. If they don't have the car of your dreams, they will help you find it. And if you mention us here at Miked Up, they are going to give you one thousand dollars off your nicer, newer ride. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Gunspot. Make sure you visit them at Gunspot.com for all your gun and ammo needs. No reserved auctions every single week. And one of the best parts about the website is there's no hidden fees when you go to checkout, so you don't even have to worry about it. Also, it's not a matter of if. It is a matter of when you visit their website. So be sure to do so at Gunspot.com. And speaking of racism, Robert Sarver is in the news. Uh, The owner of the Phoenix Suns has been suspended for one year and fined $10 million for racist and sexist comments that he had made and, and kind of admitted to. Uh, he came out and said parts of the report were true, some of them maybe not true. And Adam Silver is catching a lot of heat for this one. And I, I think it's because he did such a good job before when Donald Sterling had made some similar comments that this time... People got to remember that Adam Silver actually works for the owners. Mm-hmm. So the, well, the governors. Correct. The governors of the, these teams, which is any other league, it's called an owner, but mm-hmm. tried to do the right thing. Now they're governors. I, I kind of feel bad for Adam Silver because one of his first acts as commissioner was that he got Donald Sterling out as owner for the Clippers, again, for making similar comments. And I think that he's probably tried to do all that he can do. I know he even came out and made some comments of like, hey, I I, I can't really do anything. Like, I'm punishing him as much as I can uh, with the $10 million fine and the one-year suspension. It is going to be up to the other NBA owners, which is the same case with Donald Sterling. It was up to the NBA owners to say, no, we we don't want this guy. And going back to the Donald Sterling days, it wasn't until players threatened to take action that the other owners were like, okay, we got to get this guy out of here. we got to do something about it. So I know LeBron came out and had some comments about it. Um, Chris Paul, who plays for the Suns, uh, made some comments about maybe that the punishment didn't fit the crime there. But I do think Adam Silver is doing the best that he can in a tough situation. But it is going to be the other owners that actually have this say in, yeah, we want to vote this guy out because if they don't act on it, Adam Silver's hands are kind of tied in this situation where he can't do much. But I don't know that the owners will do anything unless you see teams start to threaten to to boycott and say, nope, we're not playing for them. I believe it was uh, Steph Curry and the Warriors that came out and said, like, hey, we're not going to play in this playoff game if you don't do something about Donald Sterling. And the NBA season not going on right now. Maybe we see it, you know, next month when it starts up where players say, if you don't force him to sell this team – we're not playing. And with Chris Paul being a member of the Suns, being such an active leader in the NBA, I do wonder if something is at least in the works. Yeah, and I mean, just sitting here reading this article right now from ESPN about the guy, like he took over in 2004, and there's just been more than 70 former current Suns employees throughout 
Sarver's 17-year tenure that describes a toxic and sometimes hostile workplace. Mm-hmm. And, like, he just goes on. He's used several racial and sensitive language repeatedly. He's passed around pictures of his wife in a bikini and then talked about things that, like, they have done. And it's like doing that in front of your coworkers or people that, you know, work for you. It's just like, dude, that's just so weird to do. Like, why would you think, like, that's the cool thing? Be like, yo, this is my wife. Guess what we just did? Mm-hmm. Well, gonna go ahead and assume this because it's your wife. Like, I'm assuming like if Michael Scott were a real person, but also a douchebag, racist. Yes, <laughs> there'd be this right here. And I do think everything you said was right. Like, if you are the other owners in the NBA, you got to realize like this is not acceptable. You can't be having this at all right now, especially when the players in your league have such a voice and impact on the mm-hmm. way the sport is. You know, kind of viewed from everyone else in the country and we already around know the world. The NBA, the players are going to follow LeBron James's lead. So and I, I think Chris Paul obviously being a very active leader as well, like you said. I think that maybe those two even get together. Obviously they're friends. And they might talk about like, hey, what's the what's the action here? What are we gonna do? Because this isn't right. And I would not be surprised if they say like, you know, we're we're gonna have a strike on the first week of games or whatever it is. Yeah. Or I don't I don't know that people really watch the first week of basketball. but And it's know. just crazy that this is coming from the Suns who have been so successful the last couple of years. You know, mm-hmm. and again, that's that's totally separate from what's going on in the front office to the play on the court and the coaching staff that's there because that's where, you know, where all the props and recognition needs to go. But still, it's just like, man, that is insane that you still have owners like that right now or governors, excuse me, in the NBA that behave like this and talk like this and just think it's the okay thing well, to do. It, you said in the NBA, but I mean, the NFL dealing with their own stuff too. Yeah. You know, the Dolphins, uh, their owner, Dan Snyder of the yeah. Commanders, he's, he's he's still not running the team. Is that correct? I'm not, I'm not sure what Dan Snyder, I, mean, I don't know. Quotations running the team? I really have no idea how that's worked. But, but I mean, very, very similar to the Dan Snyder stuff. And you know, sharing pictures and things like that. There are some people in this article as well that's defending the owner. It's like, hey, I've worked alongside this guy for 15 years. I've never seen that side of him, yada, yada, yada. Right. Maybe there's some truth to that as well. Or maybe that's just be like, hey, this is my buddy. Like, I'm going to defend him. And I just, I personally haven't seen that side of him. I don't know. You know what I mean? I've never known him to be a dirtbag like that. Yeah. Very well could be the truth. And so. I mean, you know me pretty well. I like to toe the line of what is acceptable and unacceptable. Mm-hmm. I'll cross it. But I also know like who I can cross those lines with. Yeah. Like, I know what jokes I can get away with saying around you versus like what jokes I can get a, you know away with in public. One hundred percent. And a lot of people are going to hear that and be like, "Oh, so Mel's a racist when he's with his friends." No, that's not it <laughs> at all. Even no. when you were saying that there, I was like, "Hey, man, I don't know where you're heading with this because that's not the truth. <laughs> you don't crack those type of jokes." No, but like the like I'll make some dirty jokes. Yeah, like I admitted to role playing sure. on the podcast. Yeah. So like, I made some jokes in my day. This guy, not all of them are made for big the podcast sexual joke guy over here at Mellow. Uh, <laughs> speaking of sexual jokes like that, I got a text message from your mom today. First message, hey yo, yeah, listen to this. First message, are you? First message, are you home? I immediately respond <laughs> yes. Second message, are you naked? My immediate response. Uh, in my head, like, whoa, what's about to happen what's here? Up, Kath? <laughs> How are you doing? Stay what's home up? if you're sick. Come through. My, <laughs> my response was, no, I'm not. And she goes, whew, okay, because my coworkers just saw a naked man in your building. I should also preface your mom's yeah, work. Yeah, her building her is building right across from your apartment. <laughs> directly across from it. And so I guess when the sun's in the right spot, you can see directly into the buildings because they've seen me just – dancing in my living room kitchen there you know cooking lunch they've seen me in there dancing a couple times well apparently they saw someone walking around their apartment naked this afternoon glad it wasn't yesterday because that might have been me when i went to take a shower and realized oh no i left my towels folded in the living room i need to go get one so i ran in there who doesn't leave their towels folded in the living room (laughs) about busted my ass you know walking across that concrete floor saved it what's up hashtag athlete so yesterday (laughs) possibly could have been me today no it wasn't but that first sometimes... message that I get from your mom, are you home? And then, are you naked? I was like, where's this going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a little red in the face. I can keep a secret. But sometimes <laughs> I make the mistake of, like, I'll leave my windows open. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll, I'll walk in the nude yeah. if I'm home alone. And, like, you know, I'm fresh out of the shower. 
that's just a good feeling. Just let it air dry. This is being, yeah. Yeah. A little naked for a while, Mm -hmm. but then some, you know, if I forget to leave, if I forget to close my windows, it's like a whoops a daisy. I've kind of become a fan lately when I get out of the shower and dry off a little bit, but I don't do the best job drying off. I'll just go stand in front of a fan. It's like, ooh, it's a nice old breeze. One of my big pet peeves is not drying off completely. Yeah. I can't do it. I, head to toe, there is no water on my body when I step out of that shower. You dry off in the shower? Completely. So I'll dry my upper body, and then I'll take the towel. I hate when people stand on a mat outside the shower mm-hmm. completely wet. And then when someone Same. else, like, or I come into the bathroom next, and I stand on the mat, and my socks mm-hmm. are wet. And it's like, just stand in the fucking shower. But I'll do the whole toss the – not toss the towel out, but, like, I'll hold it, and I'll lay it down in a spot where I can put my feet on it, and then I dry my legs off, and then I dry up from there. So I have a tub and shower, so I, I'll put a foot up on the tub and dry off. Yeah. And then as soon as that foot, leg, and balls are dry, it hits the floor, the mat. Are you a, other like a, a rub balls. dry or a pat dry? Depends on the area. Ooh. Depends on if I'm feeling frisky. I just tear that shit up, man. I just, I'm just i a rub dryer. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Hmm. The more you know. Exactly. And that's talking showers with Mellow and Big Country. I don't know why I needed to say tear that shit up. but you know, no, I don't either. It sounded rough. It sounds like your towels have really... Gone through it. <laughs> <laughs> What's our next topic? <laughs> baseball. Speaking of balls, let's talk baseball. Uh, I do think that this kind of home run race that we're seeing in baseball is pretty cool. Aaron Judge closing in on 60 home runs. Uh, last I checked, he was at 57. I don't know if he hit another one today. He's probably hit two this season. And then, yeah, uh, Albert Pujols also closing in at 700. They're both three away. And I tweeted this, I think it was last night. And I've said it before on the show. I don't think a New York Yankee has ever had a quieter 50-plus home run season. And then, like, there were, like, two replies to me. It's like, you're fucking stupid. Like, that's all (laughs) I hear about. I don't think people really, like, put it into context when I said a New York Yankee hitting 50-plus home runs. Yeah. This is – this should be all we hear about. Usually – you know, if anybody gets anywhere close, especially with a judge, he's so close to 60 home runs. I haven't seen anything about like a, oh, he's on pace for this much. Or, you know, we were getting like live look-ins when guys like McGuire and Sosa were crushing these. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm honestly, I'm kind of surprised that we're not seeing it with Aaron Judge. I'm not complaining about it. But this is the New York Yankees. And we have a guy who has hit 57 home runs. We haven't seen a clean 60 in a really long time. And it's not really getting that much attention. It is getting attention, but it's not getting that much. Yeah, and the Yankees don't play again until tomorrow. Uh, but the Cardinals are playing tonight against Cincinnati. I thought we were going to see a Pujols home run last night. I think that would have been real cool to see Adam Wainwright and uh, Yadier Molina. They broke the all-time record for battery. Uh, mm-hmm. Teammates, you know, pitcher, catcher, duo, starts and stuff like that. I thought that was absolutely incredible, super cool. I really think that's kind of one of those records that we'll never see be broken again, especially with the amount that people kind of move around in teams and yeah, I feel like what St. Louis has done with keeping I mean, those, those guys two, around yeah, both is just came up insane. So young together, yeah. two thousand four, two thousand five. Like even guys like Justin Verlander, he's played with a ton of teams. Mm-hmm. Clayton Kershaw, like I don't know that he's going to finish his career with the Dodgers even, but to have two guys come through to stay together for that long is going to be really, really tough. Yep. To and then you have Pujols, you know, going for seven hundred. I know you have it here in the rundown that uh, so far. Excuse me, Aaron Judge is at 57, closing on 60 pools at 697, getting to 700. Who gets there first? I think it's probably going to be Judge, but I would love for it to be pool holes. I think it's a fair question because they're both three away, and Aaron Judge clearly is the better home run hitter right now. But I think people are going to start to start pitch, start to start pitching away from Aaron Judge, to where it's like, ah, I don't want to be the one that gives up Man. 60. But with like pool holes, it's like. Yeah, I'll throw him some heaters. I feel like I would, because I feel like that's a trivia question in the future, and I want to be a part of that trivia question. It wouldn't bother me either. Yeah, like who who's the pitcher that threw you know the ball that home run hit it that uh, Albert Pujols hit a seven hundred mm-hmm. home run on? Like uh, you're not going to know it. Who was the person? Who was the batter in the batter's box last night when Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina broke the record? Mm-hmm. Christian Yelich. I made sure to look that up. <laughs> Just in case you ever play in trivia. Seriously, man. If someone asks me some random trivia question, I'm gonna be like, Pfft. "Who won Actually, the 1983 Super Bowl?" Uh, wrong guy. Our friend Mike would know. 
83? Yeah. Broncos? Nope. Raiders? <laughs> I know. John Elway was drafted that year. Well, you said our guy Mike. Mike McDaniel. Oh. It's a callback joke from earlier when I was yeah. talking. Ooh. Stand up. <laughs> Hashtag comedic yep. stand up. Uh-huh. So with the baseball stuff, I do wonder if Pujols will get there first. I'm actually rooting for both guys to do it. For both guys to hit, you know, judge to get 60 plus, and for pool holes to be three away, just throw him up some just meatballs. Let him Do you actually know who won the Super Bowl in 83? It's probably the 49ers. Mm-mm. Washington Commanders. Mm. False. They weren't a team. <laughs> <laughs> they actually were playing the Dolphins, though, which is crazy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I did read uh, an article, uh, some of it, not all of it because I don't read good, uh, about quarterbacks in the NFL draft this year, where one NFL, um, NFC GM said this could be the best quarterback class of yeah. all time. And I said to myself out loud while taking a shit, were they alive in 1983? <laughs> John Elway, Dan Marino, and Jim Kelly were drafted. <laughs> so there's that. But yeah. it's, it could but be I mean, a really good been... quarterback class. I don't know. I feel like we've had other deep quarterback classes. 2004 was a deep one with Manning, Rivers, and Roethlisberger. 18 was as well, wasn't it? 18 was the Baker Mayfield one? Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. That's a good one. (laughs) You got two. Yeah, but I mean, so you have to reach three for it to be considered good? Well, I mean, you've got three Hall of Famers in 1983. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And then in 2004, you've got three Hall of Famers as well. I just feel like that's a statement we've been hearing about several draft classes with yeah. quarterbacks. Or it's like, oh, there's just it's so deep this year. I think everybody get, just gets excited about it. It's like when you go and see a new movie and you're like, this is the best movie I've ever seen. And then you watch it again in six months and you're like, that was a pretty good movie. <laughs> yeah. You know, little- I remember watching uh, The Dark Knight thinking, I've never seen a movie better than this. But now I'm like years removed. And I'm like, yeah, yeah Shawshank Redemption was pretty good. Like, there's some other really good movies out there. But I, I just think that everybody just kind of gets excited with every draft class. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how many years in a row was it like, hey, this receiver group, best we've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. And then the next year would come and it's like, hey, this receiver group. By the time you guys got to the draft, you'd be like, you know what? What's crazy is like next year's receiver class is even deeper. And it's like, God damn it. I just learned all these fuckers' names. I, I do love those. it, though, when people come out and they're like, yeah, this group sucks, actually. Like, corners <laughs> in this class they're terrible. <laughs> yeah. Wait till next year. Don't It'll even worry about it. And then you get a Hall of Fame corner out of the clash. Like, mm-hmm. Well, all right, cool. Um, I'll guarantee one thing that's the best time ever is at Club 609. Um, probably stay away from there tonight on third Thursday because they're going to be just packed for you local Joplin listeners. Uh, but a great happy hour, great appetizers, two-for-one drink specials, and $2 draft pours at Club 609. Absolutely. Next up is going to be downtown Lou. Be sure to visit them right here in the heart of Joplin, Missouri on 1st and Main Street. They have been here a while and they know exactly what they're doing. They are more than tires and loops, so be sure to visit their website at downtownloop.com for their full list of services. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when you're going to need your oil change in your tire service. So, again, get that done and taken care of right here in Joplin, Missouri at downtown Lou. Okay, and now uh, a couple that we're going to have here. Let's do the just the tips uh, tonight. We had a, a couple of them that I really liked. Uh, so let's get to those. It says, uh, last episode, you guys talked about dating your hairdresser. So I need your help with this one. I've got a crush on a girl I work with. So what's the best way to flirt and not get fired? Uh, you want me to go here? Sure. Just, just keep doing your thing, man. Don't do What not- if doing his thing is like um, Robert Sarver? Yeah, and then stop. Yeah, you can't just say keep doing your thing. But if you're just having fun. Deshaun Watson, he just kept doing his thing. Yeah, see, okay. You can't put that out there. You have to be able to (laughs) self-reflect and know, am I being a weirdo here and a real piece of shit, or am I being a good guy and just having nice, subtle conversations, flirting and, you know what I mean, just casual conversations Mm -hmm. throughout the day. If that's it and you're just joking around, a little flirting, other coworkers are probably giving you guys shit about it or whatnot, just have fun with it and continue to do that. But do not make a move at work. Make sure that there is a work event, and then you guys go out having fun, having drinks. Then just kind of see how that is outside of the work field. And if you're still feeling the vibe then, then you make a move and maybe say something. And I go simpler. There's a blueprint out there. It's the Jim Halpert blueprint. Play the long game. 
be just be present <laughs> by her desk, by her where, wherever, classroom, whatever it is. Find a reason to be there. Yep. And just talk, flirt. If she's on a committee, guess who's on the planning party committee? Yeah, you. 100%. That's what <laughs> I did at my job in KC. I was like, shit, I'm here, dog. The best ability is availability. <laughs> 100%. Just be there. And eventually, she's going to look at all the other guys that you work with and be like, they all suck. But you know what? This guy is here. <laughs> That's your big plan. That's your strategy. Uh, next one, uh, a lot of relationship ones today. Uh, how much football is too much football for a relationship to survive? I don't know. Football pretty much caused my divorce. <laughs> my youngest daughter and football is why I got divorced. Damn, dog. And her coworker. I would say <laughs> and the coworker is the main reason. I don't. I think you're just throwing football underneath the bus. <laughs> no, I mean, she hated football. <laughs> well, that's on her, and I don't know how she went. But the for me, because I kind of went through this, but then was able to honestly find a, a good balance for the relationship before she eventually just decided to hang out with a friend who was present. Uh, and they're now happily engaged. and <laughs> See, <posted>. that works. <laughs> so good for them, I guess. But with this, to find the balance in the relationship is that don't just have it be one-sided where like, okay, football's on, I'm watching football. And then when football's not on, you don't do anything that your partner's interested in doing. Like I have a buddy right now who's married, he has a kid. On Sunday, him and his wife have a great understanding of, like, when football's on, I'm on the couch watching all the football games from, like, noon until the end of the day and then on Monday night and Thursday night as well. So what he does is he wakes up on Sunday mornings, makes breakfast, hangs out, like, takes the kid out for a walk. They'll go do something that she wants to do, whether that's brunch or they go on a hike or they just do something fun for her. And then they come back, he cleans, and then, boom, he gets to watch football for the day. Just find a little bit of balance where you do enough to just make sure that she's happy and content with the fact that she's not going to have a single bit of your attention for about an entire day. I shouldn't even say for a little bit. for like Because once it strikes noon and that first kickoff, I'm assuming you're done paying attention to anything she's got going on for the day. Yeah, I've failed at this. I've never found a healthy balance. Just Or even on a Saturday. Over a million. Yeah. Or if you're watching college football games on Saturday, mm-hmm. maybe do something during the game that you're not paying attention to. Once your team's game's over – Go do something. Go take her out to dinner. Just go do something she wants to do. Run to Target and just stare at fucking throw pillows for two hours, and then come home. I think that's healthy. I again, I've I've failed yeah. terribly <laughs> in this department because I like to watch football all day on Saturday, and then I'm gonna watch football on <laughs> Sunday as well. So I don't know. Also, I think maybe just being up front when the relationship begins, if it's not too late for that, mm-hmm. of just like, hey, I want you to know I love football, but like probably more than what you're thinking. <laughs> I'm going to watch all of it. And that's just kind of what I do. And even in our, our next one, it says, uh, send help, please. My girlfriend and her friends have joined in with me and my guy friends to watch games on Sunday most of them are really cool, but she has one super annoying friend that clearly doesn't know anything about football or even like it. How do I uninvite her? Well, how do I, uh, how do I tell my girlfriend to uninvite her friend? Uh, that's a tough one. Again, I failed in that department too. Find something, wait till your girlfriend complains about her friend, and then jump on it. Where she's like, let's just say your girlfriend's name is Brittany and her friend's name is Maddie. And Brittany goes, God, Maddie's just... That sounds getting... very specific. It's really... Not... If it is, I'm sorry. Okay. But it's just like, Brittany's like, God, Maddie's just getting on my nerves today. And it's like, yeah, I wouldn't even invite her to the game Sunday. Like, just don't even worry about it. Don't let her just push her buttons. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, are you serious? Yeah. like, nah, yeah, kind of. Or just it. have one of those sit down, just sit down, make it seem more serious than it really is. And just be like, hey, we need to have a serious conversation here. Or blame one of your friends. Like, my friend hates your friend. Please stop bringing her around. <laughs> Just throw one of your friends underneath the bus. Make sure you have their, I don't know that I would make follow sure you any have, of that advice. <laughs> make sure you have their consent and understanding and because your I, girlfriend's probably going to crack a joke to your friend. But just be like, yeah, like, Mello really hates, really matters, Mello like, hates Maddie. Be like, yeah, like, what, like, how close of a friend? Like, is this your girlfriend's best friend? Because if that's the case, you're stuck. You can't do it. I think the best... Route to take in this one is to shrink your group. Like, hey, maybe not so many people this time. And see, like, who she weeds out. To be like, yeah, that's a good idea. Like, to, 
you know, house or whatever has been messy. There's too many people. Yeah, maybe we don't tell this person. But I have a feeling that in her mind, in the girlfriend's mind, it's like, well, he gets to have all his friends over to watch him. Why can't I have a friend over? And that's when it's like, well, y'all need to go do something because she's getting on her everlasting. And it does say most of them, they like her friends have joined. So that makes me think that this is relatively new. Like maybe are you like a weekend? Is this a one-time deal? Because <laughs> we're only like it says games on Sunday. We've only had one Sunday of football. Games. Like maybe <laughs> my guy's just panicking. <laughs> like pump your brakes. Maybe she's yeah, not maybe even come next. Overreaction time. <laughs> Monday here, you know. <laughs> right. So like maybe you're just okay. I don't know the report back how things go this Sunday. Um, maybe she'll lose interest if she really doesn't like football. Maybe she will just lose interest or, you know, most things in life just kind of have a way of fizzling out. So maybe that'll happen uh, with your relationship or with her and her friend. Um, one more, just a tip. Uh, while golfing this weekend, I got an ace on a par three. Say That's what? one one. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to decide what to do with the ball. Some people have told me to sign it and hang on to it. One said to get the ball put in a small case with a plaque. Others say the ball doesn't matter. Tell them to go fuck themselves. Uh, but to frame the scorecard, what would you guys do? Um, they photo- did include photos and stuff, but I didn't put it in here. He said he hit a 7-iron from 168 yards out, had his golf partner and course employees sign it to verify that it happened. It was on hole 9 in front of a crowd. If it happened in front of a crowd, you make sure to put that on the plaque that you're also putting the ball on with One the scorecard. One of my worst nightmares is going out to golf by myself and hitting a hole in one. I almost had that happen to me at the beginning. Because no one would believe you, yep. ever. And like, you know, some of the golf courses around here, it's not like there are going to be other people. Yeah. Like, it, but hitting a, a hole in one with no one there to see it is maybe one of the like all-time worst things that could happen in sports. Yeah, I mean, like, again, it almost happened to me at the beginning of the summer. I don't usually drink when I go out and golf. I just, that's never something I've really done. But I went out again at the beginning of the summer and was like, you know, I'll take – some a six pack with me to drink. And by the time I got the whole nine and drank all six beers, I was like, man, I'm fucking feeling this shit. Pipe a driver on a, you know, usually what I would use to use like a, a six iron on. It was just like, whatever, like, we'll see where this does. Almost put it in a hole in one. And I was just like, that would have sucked. I left myself like three feet from the hole. And I was like, how in the world am I going to explain to someone that I was drunk and hit a hole in one <laughs> on a shitty golf course that nobody else is at in the sun setting? Mm-hmm. It was a beautiful view. No one was there. Uh, I, I man, I would go all out with the ball. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever seen like a ball in like a golf ball in a case or anything like that. But you hit a hole in one, you've got the photo, you got the video. I would put the ball. I would put the scorecard. I would maybe even print the picture of me like at the hole holding yeah. the ball. I would go all out for that thing. I would display that on my mantle. And I'm not like a display things kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, there's, I have no autographs in my life that I'm like, oh, this is a great autograph or anything like that. Who knows when you're going to hit another hole in one? Probably never. Yeah. Like that's, I feel like that's a once in a lifetime opportunity for a lot of people. So I, I would, I would go all out. But again, I don't know any, I don't think I know anyone who's ever hit a hole in one. Uh, I honestly, I don't think I do either. What I hate though is when I get on social media and I see someone post like, oh, look, my four-year-old hit a hole in one. Like, man. Mm-hmm. Fuck that kid. They just got out of here. He's got the bumpers on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like it was a good pure swing. The ball, I mean, did exactly what he was supposed to do on the hole, and it went in. I was just like, why can't I do that? Yeah, I would go all out with it. I Again, I don't – I've never walked in someone's house and, like, seen a a golf ball displayed or been in, like, a man cave. And did like, you say you would put it on your mantle? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I would. It would be the that would centerpiece. That would be freaking hilarious. <laughs> like most, like in a movie where you're watching this guy's obsessed with himself and it's just him in a painting wrestling a bull, it would be you with like your hole in one. Uh huh. I'd have like a 16 by 24 poster <laughs> of me holding that ball, hole nine or whatever. Yeah. I would do it. And if anybody gives you any grief for that, tell them to go fuck off. <laughs> you hit a hole in one. And they hate us because they ain't us. Yeah, peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> yeah, all right, that's it for us today. We do appreciate you guys joining us on this lovely Thursday slash Friday for the show. Uh, Big Country and I will be back at it again on Sunday, reacting to a lot of the games. Maybe we'll have some craziness in college football. 
uh, to actually talk about, but this weekend of games kind of sucks. Uh, great games tonight, especially with those Chargers and Chiefs playing. We'll be back to talk to you guys about that on Sunday. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you then.